and welcome to the Blue Skies Political Podcast. My name's Aaron O'Toole. I'm the Member of Parliament for Durham, and I'm also the Shadow Minister for Foreign Affairs for the Conservative Party of Canada. And today, the Blue Skies Podcast will be on that second hat I wear, my role as Shadow Minister for Foreign Affairs. In the last six to seven months, as I've been in this role, a number of issues have emerged that have been important. I'm the Shadow Minister to Minister Freeland, so I've been covering NAFTA. I'm much more optimistic about NAFTA today because they are doing better. Canada is more engaged, is what I heard when I was in Washington last week, than they were in August when they were talking solely about the progressive trade agenda under Justin Trudeau. There's not much traction in the U.S. for that, and then Canada kind of intimated that it would be uh, non-binding, it would be aspirational. So we really started talking Turkey in the last few weeks when we put proposals together on auto. So that's better. I'm more optimistic about NAFTA today than I was late last year. We're also talking China. We've had a lot of concern about Justin Trudeau's government greenlighting and waving through major transactions where Chinese companies, in many cases state-owned or controlled enterprises, acquiring Canadian companies. We saw that with Norsat and Hytera, and lately it's been big, one of our big construction companies, Acon. So we're saying at an absolute minimum, Canada should do a proper and thorough security evaluation of the transaction before doing the net benefit test under the Investment Canada Act. We've been talking a whole range of issues, but foreign affairs is one area where the Trudeau government is very naive. As I've said many times, Justin Trudeau likes to suggest he lives in a world as he would like it to be, rather than the world as it is. He was silent at the UN General Assembly. He did not mention Russian aggression in Ukraine. He did not mention the plight of the Rohingya. He did not mention a range of issues causing concern across the globe. Why? Perhaps he's looking to secure more votes for the upcoming vote for temporary membership on the Security Council. That troubles me if it means he's going to remain silent in areas of human rights, freedom of religion, uh, democratic rights and responsibilities around the world. If Canada is going to be quiet to curry favor for votes at the UN, that concerns me. So this naivete has come into strong focus in the last few months with respect to Iran. Iran is a country that I've said repeatedly is perhaps the most destabilizing and dangerous country in the world today. And I'm not overstating that. In the last week alone, we had a Canadian citizen killed in Evan Prison in Iran, Professor Syed Amami, who was a university professor and someone who supported some of the democratic protests that have been underway in Iran the last few months. He died in notorious Evan Prison, which is notorious for torture. It's also the site where another Canadian a few years ago, Zara Kazemi, a photographer, a photojournalist, was raped and killed in that prison. So the track record of the Iranian regime is deeply, deeply troubling. And Since December, when we saw Iranian protests, we've seen tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of Iranians take to the streets, demanding democratic representation, demanding human rights, demanding economic freedom and liberty in spontaneous showings across the country. 
What have we heard from Canada? Silence. I paused for dramatic effect there. Silence is what we've heard from Justin Trudeau. So for a country that supports democratic institution, human rights, he's been silent at a time where countries around the world have been supporting more democratic rights and freedoms for Iranian citizens. We also saw virtual silence from Minister Freeland, the only Liberal MP, an MP from the Toronto area, uh, who has hosted some Iranian representatives in Canada. He issued a troubling tweet where he actually suggested that the protesters should just work with their elected government, as if there is true democracy in Iran. Everybody that is elected to office is approved by the Ayatollah. The supreme leader uh, is, is the all-controlling force in Iran. So there is no democracy, and it's troubling to see a liberal member of parliament suggest that. It's troubling to see Justin Trudeau silent. And how much of a crackdown has there been on these protests? Just this week at Foreign Affairs Committee, I asked Alex Neve, the longtime Secretary General of Amnesty International, about how many people have been detained for democratic protests in that country. In your network of contacts, how many people have been detained uh, with no charge in the aftermath in the last two months of the Iranian protests? Is there a number of detentions? I've seen deaths in the two dozen range with three to five being in custody or detention and the rest being on the streets. Are those numbers accurate? What is amnesty here? Uh, we don't have uh, a number that we're confident to, uh, to put out there publicly yet because one of the things that was different from this wave of protests compared to earlier waves of protests we've often seen in Iran is that it was truly nationwide, including in a lot of small towns and villages, uh, where it's very difficult to get real information, where we, for instance, an organization that's not allowed to come into Iran and do work on the ground, uh, don't have established conf uh, contacts. We do know that it was thousands who were taken uh, into prison. At one point, I believe we were generally using the figure uh, reportedly 3,000, but the true number probably much higher. We hope at a certain point to come up with something a bit more authoritative, but the crackdown was widespread. We should be troubled when thousands of people are being arrested without charge, uh, dozens are being killed on the streets or in prison, and this extends to a Canadian citizen, Professor Syed Amami, killed in the notorious Evan prison, and there was not even an acknowledgement or condolences sent out by the Canadian government until minutes after I raised the case of Professor Syed Amami in the House of Commons. Member for Durham. Mr. Speaker, the Prime Minister of Canada has been silent on the Iranian protests which Amnesty International yesterday confirmed has led to thousands being in prison. He's been silent on drones and missiles financed by Iran facing our ally Israel. He's been silent even on the death of Canadian Professor Syed Imami in an Iranian prison on the weekend. Instead of silence from the Prime Minister, Mr. Speaker, when can we have him standing up for human rights, for democracy and for Canadians instead of cozying up to an Iranian regime? Here, here. Right, Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker. 
This government has been consistent in standing up for human rights everywhere around the world. Whenever I meet with any leader around the world, I bring up human rights. We talk about the importance of protecting Canadian interests. Uh, and in uh, this uh, tragic case coming out of Iran, uh, we have uh, communicated clearly our desire for an autopsy, for a complete independent investigation. We demand that Canadians be treated fairly, that their families be supported, uh, and that we get to the bottom of this situation. What else is troubling about Iran is they're not just persecuting and, and clamping down citizens in their own country, they're destabilizing the entire region. The Iranian Revolutionary Guard has external roles throughout the region. They are running a proxy war in Yemen and directed and doing directed attacks within Saudi Arabia. They are involved in destabilizing actions in Syria. They are financing and funding Hezbollah throughout Lebanon and other parts of the Middle East. In recent days, Israel has had to take strikes against drones and other facilities financed by Iran in at a time where Iranian-supported missiles and drone facilities have thousands of sites that threaten Israel, an ally to Canada. The Iranian regime has been funding and financing terrorism for years and has a nuclear development program underway that the U.S. government tried to pause with their Iranian deal under President Obama. But I'll tell you, in trips to Washington, both Democrats and Republicans are still very uneasy with that deal because they see Iran as a player that cannot be trusted. So at a time where the entire world, or at least the, the, the free and democratic world, is trying to, to stop the aggressive action or call out or sanction Iran, Canada is the one country under Justin Trudeau wanting to warm relations with Iran, wanting to reopen and expand diplomatic and consular presence in a country where we couldn't even protect our own diplomats on the ground. We've had an iconic Canadian, the late Ken Taylor, who's famous for the Canadian caper, where Canadians had to uh, keep out of harm's way American diplomats when the Iranian revolution happened and they were taking, taking hostage. So this is a very, very troubling country and Canada should not be warming or cozying relations with the Iranian regime, we, we should be isolating them. We should be calling out their conduct, destabilizing the, the region, clamping down and, and harming their own citizens, stifling democratic and, and public dissent, and even killing or being involved in the, the death of a Canadian, Professor Syed Amami. We need to be a strong voice for human rights, for democratic rights and liberty around the world. We need to stand with our allies, particularly allies that are being threatened by Iranian aggression and funding of terror. We certainly don't need to be silent or don't need to be justifying or somehow sanctioning these actions by warming relations. So I would ask people to look at the Iranian regime and their influence. Just a BBC report last week informed me that the rise of the Taliban back in Afghanistan again is being funded once again 
by Iran. So it's troubling. Hundreds of thousands of Iranian citizens, uh, both on the country and some of the people from the Persian uh, diaspora community here in Canada, there's so many people around the world that want to see Iran return to the country of prosperity and opportunity and equality. But until we see democratic rights and a change of regime, we won't see that in Iran. So it's up to Canada to be a voice to call out uh, the suppression of rights, the funding of terror, and the destabilizing effect of the Iranian regime. So we will continue to hold the Trudeau government to account. We raised it in the House of Commons this week. We will continue to push because, as I said, Canada needs to stand with our allies, stand for the principles of freedom, opportunity, human rights and equality, the rule of law that we promote and respect here at home, and judge the world and live in the world as it is, not as we would like it to be. So this episode has been a foreign affairs uh, portion of the Blue Skies podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is a conversation. If you'd like to hear a certain topic, if you have a foreign affairs topic you'd like me to opine on, if you'd like to hear a special guest, if you'd like to talk politics in Durham, in Ontario, which have been interesting lately, or Canada, send me a note on Twitter, on Facebook, through my uh, parliamentary account, and I'll try and get back, because Blue Skies is a way we can look at these issues in an optimistic and conservative way, trying to make sure we build a Canada and world that we can all enjoy. I'm Aaron O'Toole. Thanks so much for blue skying this topic with me.